0: I am your host jonathan yamasaki for go entrepreneur yourself we are a podcast that brings you local and national entrepreneurs and leaders to share their story today we bring you a local entrepreneur friend and branding expert brenda ruby brenda was the first employee of snow teeth whitening where she began the development and branding of their premium line of oral care products she helped to grow the company from zero to nine figure multimillion dollar e-commerce brand in just four years as the chief operating officer. In those years, she helped to develop award-winning products that were featured on GQ magazine, Oprah magazine, Vogue, and even led partnerships with celebrities such as the recent Super Bowl champions, Rob Gronkowski, the Kardashians, Floyd Mayweather. And now she has uh, stepped down in a role. Uh, as COO and serves as an advisor and partner for Snow and Brenda has since transitioned as a consultant to focus on helping entrepreneurs and businesses grow their brand today we are going to talk about branding thank you Brenda for coming on to our show
1: thank you so much for the introduction and thank you for uh having this platform for us to come and share and all the listeners and making sure that we're continuing to share through our experiences what we know and i hope it helps somebody out there
0: yes well we're gonna get started but before we get to the serious questions we're gonna have some fun so i'm gonna introduce you to the fast five the fast five is just five quick questions And uh, let's get started. So what song or podcast were you listening to before this call today? Mm,
1: You know, Clubhouse has taken on my audio listening. um, But the podcast, I did listen to this before. It was um, how How I Built This. That's one of my favorite podcasts because it drags me back into the startup phase of building a company so that's that's my favorite
0: next question what is one thing you missed most since the pandemic started
1: one thing i missed most since the pandemic started is traveling conveniently and freely uh, so i used to i actually booked a three month trip before the pandemic in march and it got canceled, so oh. I was really looking forward to traveling South America.
0: Oh, that would have been that would have been a blast. What is your favorite curse word?
1: My favorite curse word. Mm-hmm. Can I say it? Yeah, this is a, a,
0: I, Yeah, you can say it.
1: Uh, <laughs> I you, know. Okay you know what? I my awareness came today when I was uh, helping my five year old with homework. And then I said, shit. (laughs) So it's just a normal one. But then she caught me and she was like, my mom doesn't let me say that. I was like, oh, I have not been around a kid forever.
0: (laughs) That's hilarious. And then uh, what is uh, your guilty pleasure?
1: My guilty pleasure is, um, other than Hot Cheetos, I grew up with Hot Cheetos. I love it. And that's my... A guilty snack <laughs> but my guilty pleasure other than that is um just binge watching a good netflix ch- show on the weekend
0: and favorite food hot cheetos
1: no favorite food is sushi so i love sushi seafood oysters camarones <laughs> uh, aguachiles whatever that anything seafood
0: Thank you for sharing that. That was the fast five, everybody. Now let's get into the interview. Brenda, what is branding and why is it important?
1: Uh, What a loaded question and it gets overlooked. Branding gets overlooked as not being as important, but I would say it's one of the most important traits of your personal brand or business. So branding is important because it's how you do everything how you approach every single scenario. And how I see branding in the simplest term is what you stand for and what you wanna be known for.
0: Hmm. What you stand for and what you wanna be known for. That definitely rings bells there. And and tell our listeners your story from post-college to what you're doing now.
1: Yeah, so to keep it short, um, post-college, I went to Arizona State University I graduated from the business school in accounting and I got in and out because I wanted to make money. I wanted to start um, helping my, my family out and being out in the quote unquote real world. And so what did that mean? For me, it was going out to corporate. And so I landed um, the what I thought was the best job. And it was um, coming from being born in Mexico, coming here and growing up in the hood and thinking I would have never achieved what I achieved, even post uh, college was a dream for me. And so I went to an accounting firm, uh, Deloitte here locally. And that was very short lived because I I saw the ceiling, I got the best experience, amazing people. I love numbers, spreadsheets, but I said, I want more. And then I felt kind of guilty for wanting more. And I felt kind of guilty for wanting to go after a dream that I didn't even know was there, but I knew what I didn't want to. And so this is another thing that I can tie with branding is knowing what not to do and saying no to the things that don't align with you. So I didn't know what I wanted to go after, but I knew that this, where I was, wasn't it for me. And so I took the, the risk in leaving corporate America. Um, the most money I've ever thought I would have made because I just grew up making minimum (laughs) hourly jobs um, since high school. And so I left that and I ended up going to a marketing agency here locally, and that's where my creativity just sparked. And learning how to help other entrepreneurs, that's where the passion grew. The, The fire in the belly was how can I use my creativity, my analytical brain, because I love numbers, and deliver uh, an outcome where I help other entrepreneurs get sales. So it's all about marketing and marketing is this huge, just, uh, what would you say? Just like black hole where it's like creative Mm -hmm. and then analytics and then um, all these stuff. So I definitely was very, very busy with that. And that is exactly where my entrepreneur journey started internally, um, creating e-commerce brands. So me and uh, my partner that created Snow Teeth Whining, which is a, an e-commerce company that I started five years ago, that's how we started playing with e-commerce. And so it was a, it was soon enough where the validation came from customers saying, we want it, we want this product, we want it more and more and more. And that's where timing was of the essence. And we said, Let's uh, go all in into growing this e-commerce brand because we're being called to. And my entrepreneur journey started when I helped start that brand from idea, from scratch, all the way to where it is now. And I mean, we can go on talking about how I helped grow the biggest branding in e-commerce through a personal care brand.
0: What was it like building Snow especially during a market where there's other, you know, uh, Smile Direct Club, there was other competitors out there, and even Colgate who already had some sort of like teeth whitening product lines. What was it like competing with the, the big dogs when, when you were all just starting out?
1: Something came up to my mind, and it, it, when you said what was it like, it was almost like the David, uh, David and Goliath story. Mm-hmm. Where you named it, Colgate was there. They haven't innovated for years and decades, and so for us to take take on this industry by storm—no pun intended—it's <laughs> just snowball. So we said, "This is this is why I, how I tell um, other entrepreneurs or when they have no idea what to start." Um, entrepreneurship is either making something better, improving it, or fixing a problem. Mm-hmm. And we had both uh, on our side. There was no big at-home teeth whining system that made it very convenient that actually worked. Um, so there was a huge gap from Colgate, the strips, which were very painful. And then on the other end of the spectrum was the super expensive $200 dollar very painful in dentists um, treatments. And so there was there was a big space to enter into the market and say, let's do it, let's do it better, let's do it more conveniently. And the branding is what actually helped elevate that. And it gave us that perspective of, okay, you're solving a problem, it's better, you have a great uh, product, but the branding, both aesthetically and delivering that message of why it's better and why customers should go with this one or try it out. It's what actually did it. And I, I will say that social media helped a lot. We got into the influencer marketing um, right away and that was also on our side. So there's a lot of things. I mean, it could have been luck, it was right timing and it was doing everything at once, very, very strategically mm-hmm. and the right
0: way. So then what biggest struggles did your team have when building the brand? Because you, you can have a really good product, but if you can't pitch it or get it into the hands of the right people, no one's going to know about your product.
1: I love that question because it goes right back to branding. And so one of the things in doing branding right it's you said it exactly. It's crafting that story and message to the right people and so going back to how i define um, branding at the beginning was understanding who you are as a brand what you stand for your core values the the pain points you you're fixing the features you're delivering the benefits so understanding how to craft that messaging where it's very clear concise and has that uh call to action to the right people and so a lot of what goes hand in hand with branding it's internally understanding again your messaging but then externally understanding your customer and that's what I love to also specialize in understand your customer to the core Uh so you you know how to speak to them
0: right you gave it a great example to an answer of this question that I wanted to ask you now a lot of entrepreneurs when they're thinking about branding it's they kind of look at themselves versus the company. And I want to talk about first, what is the difference? And is there a difference between branding yourself? So an entrepreneur, usually they're the ones branding themselves versus the company that they're creating.
1: Yes, I'll speak on that and let me know if I'm going on the right track. Okay. Um,
0: Yeah, it's a a big question.
1: A lot of times, so I do bring this up uh, when I'm talking to the people I'm working with is, you get to choose two things. You get to choose the personality of the brand. If you're not gonna be the face of your brand, because that's also very important and it's a great PR leverage to be the face of your brand, again, very strategically. If you're not gonna do that, then you have to personalize your brand. And how do you do that if you're not gonna be the face of your company, if you're gonna be in the back end You add that tone of voice, and that's part of a branding guideline. What is the tone of voice you're giving to your brand? How are you speaking to the customers? How are you talking to them from point A, where they barely get to meet your company, to where they actually commit to your company? And I love to use the analogy of a relationship. Instead of going right up to to your customer and say, hey, buy this product, Uh, you see it this way. Uh when you want to ask the girl out, you don't say, hey, let's get married or let's have sex. You, you court them, you, uh-huh. <laughs> you date them, you get to understand them. You, so just like they want to understand you and what your brand stands for, you also want to understand your, your customers. So what, what are they like? What are their behaviors? What are they doing on a day-to-day basis that I can integrate myself into their already done behavior and habits? where it's very easy for them to say, yes, I wanna commit to you. And the way you continue the long-term relationship with that customer, again, is how you're interacting with them from point of sale to 10 years later. I mean, the email sequence, the the way you're sending them the birthday card. I mean, there's companies out there that do, do a great job, like Starbucks, sending you the extra stars for your birthday or all that, (laughs) the loyalty program. So the best analogy is like how would a great relationship, um, just like any human to human uh, relationship is the same as your company should be the same to those customers, developing that very healthy, long-term, loyal, committed relationship.
0: Right, flirt with your, (laughs) don't, don't take the word verbatim, but you yeah. have to flirt with your Win them over. You got to get to over. know them. Yeah, exactly. And what should an entrepreneur consider when they're trying when they're trying to market out to their their target audience?
1: The biggest one: understand your customer, and then understand where they're at. So, if we're talking about marketing, is one after you understand your customer, then understand what channels they're in. So then. I always say be an omni-channel presence, have an omni-channel presence, which means be on Amazon, be on your website, be on Instagram, TikTok, Clubhouse, whatever that is, but focus on that channel that your customer is at. So then you're in you're in their face a lot more and that mind share subconsciously, you're always gonna be with them. So I would say um, after crafting your message, your story, um, be in tune with what is working right now. So for example, user-generated content is super popular right now if we're talking about paid media, um, specifically Facebook or Instagram ads, it's crafting that message for that customer on the right platform.
0: What do you mean by user-generated content? I don't know if I've heard that word used before.
1: I love talking about that and I'm glad. um, I hope other people (laughs) jump on that. Um, User-generated content is a type of content that you're curating for your customer, whoever's going to view your advertisements. So if you're scrolling down Facebook, think about what ad, and you know if it's an ad, if it's sponsored,
0: Mm-hmm. which
1: ad is gonna stop you and those two seconds I mean it's probably less than two seconds where it ca- catch catches your attention and that's a video um, the biggest ones right now it's uh influencers doing showcasing the product um, it's the most organic so user-generated content is organic type of video content that you're using to advertise your product hmm
0: yeah i think instagram is the sneakiest because whenever you're scrolling you see some videos and you don't know it's not like you know if you're going into when you're just searching like scrolling through different videos from friends you you don't you can't tell sometimes it's an advertisement until that's why it it works that's why it works because it's organic
1: (laughs) it's exactly um being like a chameleon type of content on -hmm. your timeline that gets to be one, you want to have the user relate to that video and see themselves as part of that. So the high definition videos are being produced right now aren't doing the best as somebody with their, literally their iPhone doing a selfie video showcasing, hey, this mouse I just got super flexible. I use it as Bluetooth. That's me d- delivering a, a video for that for that brand. Right.
0: Another question that comes up that I realize uh, I used to work for Yelp and we used to help with advertisement. What I remember is seeing hearing from a lot of locals, small business owners, is that whenever something pops, like there's TikTok now, they're trying to get onto every social media platform, and there's so much out there that it can be overwhelming. First, what are your recommendations? Like, which social media platforms do you think are best, and uh, which ones? Like, where should they focus?
1: I would say, going back to having an omni-channel presence, so being definitely everywhere um, for that brand awareness, because you never know what type of, of viewers you're missing out on that can eventually go go down that that funnel and become your customer. And so being everywhere, yes, making sure that your brand is there. Because what if somebody on TikTok wants to tag you after they receive your product? You want to make sure that you pop up. So being on Mm -hmm. there, um, yes, the channel that your customers are matters. um, But also understanding where is your focus and for what reason. Always ask the why. So YouTube is going to be... My why is going to be to have video content on there for that SEO um, leverage. So, search engine optimization, making sure that video is going to stay on there forever rather than having a story on Instagram that's going right. to go away after 24 hours. Um, so, my recommendation would be 100% focus more on where your customer is at, but also is it brand awareness or is it return on investment? So where, where are you focusing more on and what do you want in return on that channel?
0: Right. And that you bring up a good point specifically on social media marketing is the story posting on a story versus creating an actual post. So what are, can you give an example of, um, what someone could put as a story versus what someone could make as a post so that they can, you know, retain some of those potential customers?
1: So I'm gonna start with, I'm just gonna focus on Instagram because this is a great example of the different features that you can use even with one video. So let's just say on your timeline, um, I always say each different timeline, each different post or, or tile on your Instagram should have a purpose or a call to action, whether it's educational, just showcasing the product, um, having a graphic, having a video, uh, so making sure aesthetically pleasing and on brand and the colors and all that, right? So that's your timeline. But the great thing that you can do with just one channel is is repurpose one type of content through reels, through um, stories, through highlights, through IGTV, like in one platform you can repurpose that content to probably give you the rest of the month so let's just say this video it's an hour long we're gonna have uh, we're gonna have it on youtube for that hour long because that makes sense on youtube but then we're gonna take the best statements and pieces and have a three mm-hmm. to five minute video on IGTV and now it becomes a series on IGTV. And then we're gonna take from those three to five minutes, we're gonna take uh, 30 seconds or 15 seconds, whatever that is, the reel. Then we're gonna make Mm -hmm. it into a reel with captions. And now that makes sense for the reel. And then we're gonna have it on our highlight of your future guest and or great amazing quotes from that interview on the highlights of instagram and then we're going to reshare everything on stories and the great thing about stories if you don't even have that swipe up because you need 10k followers that you can Mm -hmm. use the igtv on your stories and that becomes a swipe up and then it goes everywhere so i just gave you a quick little uh breakdown of how you can repurpose your one-hour video to have it on all different types of formats. And the great thing about that is the reshareability of each Mm -hmm. type of those. So if you share that Reel, it's going to be so impactful, so so concise, but very powerful. And that could get reshared so many different times because, again, our time span as viewers and listeners is really short. So you want to have it very concise and bite-sized where it can be shared so many times
0: right that's that is very true i don't know how i don't know how joe rogan does it but his podcast are two hours i don't know how yeah. people can just sit there i mean not everyone just sits there they probably listen throughout one one episode they go through the week or something but bite sized just kind of quick hitting content is is very effective with our our generation and like gen z
1: yeah
0: i want to come and tell you about like Okay, I am Jonathan. I'm an entrepreneur. I have $100 right now. Where is the best place to put m- m- this money in advertising dollars? And then here comes, uh, here's Brenda. Hi, I'm Brenda. I have $1,000. Where is the best place to put my advertising dollars?
1: I'm going to tell you probably the best uh, marketing advice I've, I've been giving so far without even spending let's let's not even go with spending right now let's okay. see what can On we do for free not even a budget, because, a budget. <laughs> yeah because i was like wow a hundred dollars that's really hard But then i thought about all right <laughs> i became super creative and this is the biggest one that has been working whether your personal brand service mm-hmm. or product it's partnerships partnerships collaborations joint ventures whatever that is so find anybody that shares your common customer and partner up with them. And you guys can do so cross-collaborate, deliver value to that customer, and that's going to work out so well. So let's just say you're doing, you're doing the, the podcast. This is your title, your topic. Then right. you partner up with um, – so two things. You can partner up with a person that shares the same customer so where can my customer be oh let's let's just go with somebody that has positive and motivational quotes page on instagram let's go on there let's interview him and and then he shares it out to his following that has i don't know x amount of followers those followers are going to follow you and it's like wow um it, it matches that the topic and theme matches then you go to a product-based brand, maybe it's iconic because they, they have the posters that are motivational and inspiring, and you say, uh-huh. hey, can I uh, do cross-collaboration with you? You can do email swabs, you can do uh, content swabs, so like, just let's just switch and uh, share our content and do something together. There's so many different types of partnerships. That you guys can start doing that's gonna bring you new client new potential clients new followers uh you could do a giveaway partnerships uh, brands are doing this everywhere um where it says again we have the same core customer let's get together put our products together and do a giveaway and you can direct what type what do you want from that giveaway whether they follow you share you tag their friends you're gonna increase your following but it's also gonna bring in new uh, new potential uh, customers that is gonna be a no-brainer and guess who's also doing this physically so I get hello all the time it's a food <laughs> subscription um, brand and they have a little envelope of all their partnerships and they call them offers and for me it's a win-win for the brand and for the customer mm-hmm. and i'm like oh my god HelloFresh is giving me value i have a little hundred dollar vouch- uh, voucher for a wine company and it's perfect because i want to have some wine with my food and now i'm a right. new customer to that wine uh, brand and so now they're getting new-, new customers and it works so well so partnerships. Um, you can do this all the time with brands, with uh, influencers, so people, and then accounts. Accounts, whether it's meme accounts, whether it's a topic, uh, an account that has a top a topic, because that, there's also brand equity in that.
0: Uh, and uh, so I, I recently did an interview with a, uh, a black business owner that has a crystal, they have a crystal and jewelry shop in Las Vegas. And um, they've been just kind of really increasing their brand awareness. Um, and they did it physically before COVID. So they, they didn't do it virtually, they did it physically at little pop up shops. Uh, and they started off with only a few followers. Now they're at 30,000. And they blew up also because of being featured on BuzzFeed. Mm. So how can an entrepreneur get their product featured on some sort of you know, online forum or, uh, or in a magazine and, and get endorsed by celebrities? How does one get to that point? Is it luck?
1: No, it's very strategic in how to do it. And you can one up and apply for these um, awards or be on each magazine of top 10 best jewelry companies uh that you need to look out for in 2021 so one you can apply uh how to do how to uh, be considered to be on that list apply for it you can pay for it a lot of people don't know you can pr you can pay for it um so you can be in different magazines um, it's called listicles, you can be part of a list, so Buzzfeed is one of them, and they do have, each publication has a, a sponsorship type of deal that you can pay for, and it ranges. And then um, back to the, the influencer type of campaign, I have this little pyramid, and uh-huh. it, at the bottom it starts with going after micro-influencers, for the purpose of getting content and so that content is going to be for that social proof then as you go higher and higher then the influencers get bigger and now they're bigger influencers and now you have to pay and now there's a structure where it's pay pay per, per post or then you make them into affiliates or ambassadors and then all the way at the top of the pyramid that's for working with celebrities. And so it could go all the way up to giving some equity if that um, partnership makes sense, if that celebrity shares the same values, and if it makes sense for your customers to see, wow, that partnership was like a match made in heaven. And that's (laughs) when you can give some equity. So there's different types of structures in working with partnerships and celebrities and influencers and publications and all that.
0: And when you say micro, influence, micro influencers, do you mean like just smaller, you know, people that have like 30K followers on where, wherever their platform is on?
1: Yes. So there is a structure out there. Um, at the top of my head, I don't, I might be saying it wrong, but micro influencers is less than X amount of followers. Then there's, um, there's, macro influencers mega influencers so there is a terminology behind how many um influencers people have but let me tell you don't don't go after followers if you're trying to get content go after those that can really produce the type of content you're looking for instead of just looking at their followers so that's why i think the bottom for me if you want to get a lot of content for social proof go after the influencers that are willing to do free product in exchange for that content. They're really good for that content. But what I really want everybody to focus more on is the engagement. How is that engagement? Because now a lot of people can have fake followers. A lot of people can buy comments. And so finding out what that engagement is like for that um, yeah. influencer and how are they, what is their relationship with their followers. And if that makes sense. And a lot. Right. a lot of influencers have really good following and cult-like following from their followers. And it takes a lot of time to develop that.
0: People that, yeah, there's people that get on Instagram and go on live to just talk with their, because before we didn't have that intimate, I guess you can call it intimate conversation with celebrities. Like now celebrities love, especially during the pandemic, they loved getting and talking with their with their fans. Yeah. And a lot of people did it. And now there's even a, a, this is brilliant, but there's a company, I forget what's it called, but it's that company where you can like get a celebrity to just say what you want and then you pay for it. Cameo. Yeah. And that's a great business idea.
1: Yeah. Like celebrities are just like us and they want to deliver (laughs) that value and get connected. And there's so many celebrities on Clubhouse just hopping on in and just want to have a conversation from their sofa.
0: Right. I need to get up on this clubhouse deal. <laughs> I haven't even downloaded it yet. That's I sure should get left paid behind. for
1: talking about them too much. <laughs>
0: <laughs> they don't got to yeah, they don't have like what is it? You share this link and you get like a month of premium or something.
1: Affiliate. Yeah, I need that. Affiliate, affiliate, that's linked. right.
0: And um so I wanna get into a little more advanced question. I, mean, I guess you, I don't know. I call it advanced uh, questions for branding. Uh, I don't know what you would call it, but uh, how does one launch a new product or service line that still fits with their existing brand? So we know makeups do this all the time. They have like a Sailor Moon collection for, you know, for this sort of makeup brand or clothing brands do this.
1: From their existing? Yeah. So I always do encourage... Um, expanding that product line or service line but I do uh, put a lot of emphasis on developing that hero product and that hero product is what you're known for at the very beginning because you want to gain that loyalty from that customer and as soon as you gain that loyalty from that customer Mm -hmm. that they have vetted you and they're like they can go out and become your own spokesperson for your brand, then expand that product line. And you can come out with anything. And they're going to say, I trust that brand. Almost like Costco, you walk into Costco, you trust and believe that every product in there, they have vetted to the best of their ability to develop, to deliver the quality and quantity for their customer. So as soon as you're known for that product, that hero product, um, you improve it, you develop it, it's amazing, then you start spreading out. And so then you can even go into other uh, industries. And this is what I call vertical integration. As soon as you do that, this is gold. So let's just say, for example, uh, Snow Teeth Whining, we developed an at-home teeth whining kit. Super basic but it was the best um in the industry at the time and then we went into lip lip balm and lip scrub so it still makes sense it's still the same customer we're coming out we're coming out of the mouth all right we're still developing the best products and then eventually we can get into face masks because now it's still the same Customer right. and it's and now we're not just a teeth whining personal care. Now. We become a beauty company And so now you're increasing Bleeding into other industries and then we also went into the tech space and so this is very um, Scary because now not a lot of companies make it out when going into yeah. other industries But then we develop an app and so we're delivering always deliver value with everything that you're doing but then what do we get in return? We get more data from, from our customers to deliver better products. So now through developing the app and developing a better product, then now it's Bluetooth. So now our teeth whining became Bluetooth and we spent so much money on R&D to deliver again a better product. And so having going into the tech space and understanding our customers better, we're not able to say, oh, what it, it looks like most of our customers wind their teeth from this time to this time, uh-huh. and they use it, they run out in three weeks. Oh, let's create a subscription model and send oh. out that email to every customer as soon as they run out, run out and think about receiving that uh, email and saying, hey, before you run out, do you want 10% off your next purchase? It's Oof. so convenient to the customer that they're yeah, like, yes, yeah. oh my God, I love you. Thank you for making my life so <laughs> convenient.
0: Wow. That's some fire marketing right there. <laughs> and th- I love how you say you moved into different industries because this is a great segue to my next question. How did you guys... I mean, it was so seamless. It almost seems like it's an easy question to answer, but we have, like, for example, companies like Snow, companies like Airbnb, they also moved into a new industry in a way it's still sort of tourism and travel but they rent out rooms right they rent out rooms that people that that uh host at their place and they're now doing like rent an experience so you go mm-hmm. to like do yoga with alpacas or you go to like do kayaking in in the in the lake how does one move into this new industry when they're have their hero product what's that process like
1: I, I love how you you keep like tying it back to what I say and back to your question, and that's exactly it. Yes, I, I saw that. Um, Airbnb, so now they're not just uh, a platform to host um, and to just have a, a house to go and stay at. Now they are delivering experiences, and again, it's the same customer, and ask yourself this question, what else can I give my customer so they can experience something better through me, it's still coming through me, and how do I give them a better experience through my product? So the experience, and now they're like utilizing what they already have. So utilize what you already have. So now they start getting creative, and there's so many companies doing this, to your point. And so how do you do that? One, you you make sure you, you do it right the first time. After you do it right the first time with one product, you're gaining their trust, so now, um, going back to the dating analogy, after I, I take you to a trip and you had an amazing trip and we didn't break up, now I get to take you uh, instead of a domestic trip. Now let me take you across the ocean and let's explore another country. And I know it's scarier because now it's a new language and now we have to, there's more options, there's more scenarios for us to fight but hey, you trusted me at the very beginning and we did it a little bit, you know, it's a little teaser. But then now I expanded your mind and I'm gonna deliver the same experience I did before. And that's exactly what Airbnb is doing is using the same same experience, delivering that same experience in another way and utilizing what they already have.
0: Wow, so then I guess because you said this great question which was like to what how else can you help them with what you already what service or product you already provide is there any other questions that entrepreneurs should ask themselves when they're when they're branding their company
1: how else so like going back to the same topic this is going to be more internally for for the entrepreneur and the brand and the company it's Where So look at your process, your supply chain, and say where else can I cut my margins or what else am I outsourcing that could make sense to bring it in-house. So for example, as an e-commerce brand, I am shipping let's just say hundreds and thousands of units each month and shipping is getting really expensive. My warehouse is getting really expensive. Does it make sense to, con- to outsource this or to bre- to continue in-house? But how do I cut my margins? small? How do I increase my margins because I'm spending so much money? Oh, well, let me leverage that and maybe I become a hub and maybe I go into a different industry and maybe I start becoming a shipping company. Smaller doesn't mean you have to uh, move your focus, but it's saying now I'm going to allow other e-commerce brands to ship out of my warehouse so I can cut my costs and I can leverage the units for for the post office, for um, supplies, for whatever it is. And now I'm leveraging economies of scale, where I'm saying now myself I used to ship a thousand, a thousand units. Now I have three companies helping me increase that volume, increase my margins, and decreasing my expenses because now I can go to uh, the post uh, the post office or uh, the shipping yeah. company I used to I used to um, ship a thousand. Now I'm coming in and saying hey what's the better rate you can give me if now i am shipping ten thousand units instead of the thousand that i used to last month now you have leverage now you can negotiate and you can do that across anything whether it's um just think about what you're doing a lot of and how can you leverage that to um increase increase your margins and decrease your costs?
0: yeah you want to make your money work for you not work for money
1: mm-hmm, exactly
0: to kind of close, a couple leadership questions to, to know, like, what's your mindset? What's in Brenda's mind when she's going through all these challenges? Has there been a moment in your life where there was the odds were stacked against you? How did you overcome these trials? Because a lot of times entrepreneurs, they go through challenges and hardships.
1: You know, I've had multiple, multiple different scenarios, both in business and personal, that should have made me give up, that should have made me throw in the towel and said, okay, take the easy uh, way out. And what I tell myself it's especially if I'm coming into something new and challenging and I'm doubting myself and I'm dealing with imposter syndrome, which I do a lot of, mm-hmm. um, and I know a lot of people can relate, I have to, my mind works on logic. And so I need to convince myself and bring in facts about why I'm able to do this. And mm-hmm. so when I, I go against a challenge and, I, and I'm doubting myself and I'm not good enough, I'm not smart enough, I can't do this, I don't have money, it's what have you done in the past that you know you've overcome? And so I, I literally have a, a physical list. Um, it's actually in my notes app. Of every single triumph that I have done that I thought I wasn't going to overcome, but I did it so seamless and I did it with flying colors and afterwards, I was like, I can't believe it was that easy and I did it and
0: Mm. I was
1: crying before. So if you want a tactical thing, it's, it's for the listeners out there, write down every single thing that you've accomplished that you thought you weren't ever going to get through that you did. And then you write down the commonalities out of all those scenarios throughout your life and say, why am I able to get through this? And for me, I'll just give you the top three. It's I always figure anything out. Even if I don't know it, I always figure it out. I'm super resilient and persistent and I'm resourceful. So if I don't know how to do something, I'm gonna be resourceful, I'm a problem solver, I'm creative. So you start writing all these traits about yourself that have always been with you in any scenario, doesn't matter what it is. So as soon as you know that about yourself, every time you go into a problem or challenge and you think, oh, there's no way I'm gonna get through this, whether it's a heartbreak or whether it's a lawsuit or whether whether you're growing and those growing pains from your business is really challenging. You don't know where you're going to find the money or whatever it is. You go back to that list and say, oh, this this is why I'm going to figure it out. This is why I'm going to get through this.
0: Right. And I always think that when you have something physical, it's always more motivating than just sitting there and pondering on it. So I think that's good. If you can, if you could like laminate this list Mm -hmm. or – you know, put it in, uh, frame it somewhere to just like help you get motivated. Like I did that. I beat that. Yes. I think that is a uh, really inspiring. Thank you for sharing that, Brenda. And what entrepreneurial talking about tips, right? So you're giving some like actual tips that people that entrepreneurs can do. What other hacks do you have or have you developed to stay focused and productive in your day to day?
1: yes it's really hard to stay (laughs) focused and productive especially with all these distractions now at the tip of our finger one of the things that have has always worked for me especially in time management it's um time blocking on my calendar time blocking every single thing to the hour of what i need to be doing and then the the different things of Adding something to it other than just what are you going to do throughout the the whole day of time blocking per hour. It's having my one non-negotiable thing from my to-do list because we all love to be super ambitious and have that to-do list to be super long and you think you're going to get all that done in that day and it doesn't happen and we keep recycling that to-do list over and over. (laughs) One thing that has, yeah, it just keeps going. (laughs) So one thing that has helped me from that is I won't go to sleep unless my one non-negotiable calendar gets done. And so I make that one very important task from my to-do list on my calendar, on the hour, or before anything. Like I add it as an event on my calendar to make sure it gets done.
0: That's good. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great way to end it. Thank you so much, Brenda, for being on this show. I appreciate you talking to us, sharing your expertise. And and me and Brenda, we've known each other since high school. We have. It makes me so happy to just see someone else make it from a high school, Title I title high school where it wasn't the best area. There was gang violence. There was uh, a lot of people that were low income. And just to see you thrive like this, it, it makes me so happy to be able to interview you. Who knew we would be here today? Me interviewing you on a podcast <laughs> and then you talking about this success yeah. that you've that you've made. So I guess the last question I just want to ask is Thank like, you. what's next? What what's your next things in life that you're planning on?
1: What is next? You know, my biggest priority right now is going inward and continue this uh self love development focus. I have been understanding more about myself and so i'm prioritizing me first and foremost i i get the thrill of helping other entrepreneurs in their business uh, through marketing and i am taking it slow right now until my next venture where i'm ready for that the next big thing that i'm gonna create so there's no rush and burnout (laughs) i learned my first my first rodeo but yeah (laughs) Um, there, there's definitely a lot in the works, but thank you so much. And Jonathan, the, the thing that I keep seeing with you and us coming from where we come from, it's, is the willingness to selflessly continue to give back to our community, whether it's through knowledge, our time and everything that you're doing. So thank you again for also serving the community.
0: Thank you, Brenda. All right, everybody have a wonderful day.